0: Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University, which has as its mission to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. Now, recently, UWLP, the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity and the Cox Henderson Administration have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. For this podcast, I'm highlighting many of these companies on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women. And today we are spotlighting Park City Lodging. For nearly 40 years, Park City Lodging has provided vacation rental properties in Park City to worldwide guests. I am pleased to welcome Rhonda Sedaris, the president and founder, and Helena Sedaris, who is over international sales and marketing with Park City Lodging. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us. We're honored.
0: Rhonda, I'll have you start. Take a few minutes and just introduce us to your organization, your company, Park City Lodging. We'd love to have our listeners just learn more about what you do and a little bit more about your company.
1: Thanks. I founded the company in 1984 um, on a whim. I had never been in hospitality other than the food service side of it and decided to, as I was um, studying to get my real estate license, I had a friend who asked me to find them a house that was furnished for not a lot of money I found him a house that was unfurnished for a little bit more money (laughs) and talked him into let's do this as a nightly rental. And I just kind of uh, went on from there. The next year, I added 12 more houses and we have been in business ever since. I'm the founding owner and I still work very, very uh, much right alongside the rest of my staff. We have about 85 uh, employees. Oh. I, thought I, I thought I only had 70 until we did our Christmas uh, checklist. Uh, holy moly. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, three offices. We're open year round and um, our staff, they're great. They act like they own the company. They make decisions based on that ownership. And I'm just, I'm really, really fortunate. I think that the success of my business is due to my staff.
0: That is awesome. Helena, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll just
2: say that, you know, Park City Lodging, you know, property management, vacation rentals, HOA management, yes, but really the operation of this business is about lifting up this community. And that's how I came to be so involved in this business. You know, my background is in environmental education and sustainability. So, you know, vacation rentals and property management didn't really fit into my life plan, but seeing the impact that Park City Lodging could have on our community, on our environment as a whole has been a really motivating and driving factor for me to be a part of this business. And I don't think I'm alone when I say that. I think a lot of us feel the community ethic and it's like a family working here. And in today's day and age, that's a rarity. And it's, you know, there's a lot of value there.
0: I love that. And women tend to, and I know the research, I've done research for years on women and, and the workplace and women in leadership. And, and we do like even more, although I think more men in the upcoming generations do as well, looking for that purpose and that connection to community. And I, I would see in your business that you have lots of opportunities to connect to residents, right? A lot of residents and international travelers as well.
1: I, I, we do. And I think that on Helena's side, the international traveler, she makes friends. Um, <laughs> I mean, because once they find somebody who works well internationally, um, they keep coming back. And Aww. she's made lots of friends. And, and, and in the community, we do participate in, we have our own cleanup day. We're on the boards of Recycled Utah and Utah Open Lands and we have a program where all of our visitors pay into protecting our open space. Um, oh, I love that. we love and we've that. Been, yeah, we've been doing that for several years. And
2: yeah, it's, an, it's again, it's a way to kind of connect our traveler with more of the ethic of the place in which we are welcoming them and welcoming the world. And we've tried to extend that uh, over the past couple of years, especially with our homeowners. I mean, we work with... We have around 280 properties, and you know maybe 250 homeowners or 200 homeowners. So a few years ago, you know, instead of for Christmas gifts, we would give like a concert chair or a knife set or something along those lines. And we kind of paused and said, "Is there something a little bit more meaningful we could do to help connect these second homeowners to our community? A lot of them don't live, you know." Locally, So we started the initiative that we call the gift of giving and every holiday season we offer about 10 different nonprofits in the local community and we give our owners an opportunity to designate a donation so they choose one of the nonprofits that speaks to them and then park city lodging donates kind of on their behalf. Um, That's just really awesome! Them more. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. fun. We get great feedback and
1: engagement. And I think they're not used to it though. They keep saying, "How much is this going to cost me?" <laughs> no, it doesn't cost you anything. You just That's have the to get- tell them which one you <laughs> want to, uh, which which one you wanted uh, us to donate to. It's great. We love it. It's you know, uh, like Khalid said, you know, giving them mugs or chairs or things like that. So many times they are like, okay, put it in the closet with the rest of the stuff. Um, and we feel like this is just a lot more meaningful and, and connects it. them to the community. And it's funny because they go, oh, I'm so glad this was on there because I love pets or I love vets or, you know, I believe in this mission or this statement. So it's been fun.
0: Oh, that's great. So I'll shift over to now, when you submitted the application to be considered as one of the 100 companies championing women in Utah, you mentioned some of the, um, in fact, there's some check the boxes, and then you talked more more, uh, about some of them in general. But there are a number of family-friendly policies and practices or things to advance women that you could check the box. Tell us more about what you said that you do for your employees specifically, Rhonda.
1: Well, um, recently, maybe three years ago, we changed our PTO time. You used to have to work a year before you could start accumulating. And we've switched that to three weeks right off the bat. So it's accrued and you can earn up to six weeks of PTO, I um, used to pay 100% health care and then we backed it back down, and dialed it down. Now I'm back to 100% health care wow. for the employee.
0: That's um, like rare, it seems like. So that's very awesome. rare. <laughs> you know, I
1: feel like it's important. I The benefits that I'm providing selfishly are all the things that I want. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of put myself in the employees. So the PTO, the 100% health care, a 401k. Uh, and I really push it because I feel like it's important for younger staff members to really invest in their future. We um, provide a stipend towards your ski pass, and if you're not a skier, you can use it towards a gym membership. Mm. I own seven employee housing units that I house employees in, and some not all of them are housed by employees. If if I don't have an, uh, an employee that is interested, then we just offer it. But they're all service employees. We are members. I'm a founding member of the Park City Women's Giving Fund. Mm-hmm. And I sponsor uh, a female employee each year to become a member of that. It's kind of a scholarship. We mm-hmm. encourage our employees to serve on nonprofits, to volunteer for nonprofits, local nonprofits. And if they do, they can include that in there work time. Wow. That's um, cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, it's kind of tough. and, and we, we encourage them to be on um, committees because I feel like then you'll be more engaged in the, in the community and the community, I think benefits from that, not just having the business owners be part of the nonprofits and the business owner, or the uh, committees, but having, actually the boots on the ground people as well
2: Um, what I miss yeah I mean like the only thing I would add is just like a really flexible and supportive work environment I mean we are able to kind of shape our work week around our personal schedules and what fits for us there's work from home there's work sharing um there's return to work programs and like we have a lot of seasonal employees too so we offer Mm -hmm. like return employee bonuses and end of season bonuses Um, So there's just a lot of mentorship. Also, I would say the open door policy at Park City Lodging and the kind of intermingling of different departments is really nice and supportive. You never feel like you're doing a project alone. We take on a lot of challenging projects, but, you know, together we can do what we could never do alone. And that's really the sentiment here.
1: I think that's been the biggest part of success is I come up with these hairball ideas and I don't know (laughs) how to implement them, but I just bring it up and staff takes it and they just run with it, which has been great. It's been great. We have had in the past, um, as recently as a few years ago, if you have an infant, if you have a newborn, you're allowed to bring your infant to work depending on your co workspace, um, you know, it has to work with everybody else that you co. And we only allow that until they become a little more active, a little more human. Yes. They start <laughs> um, They're
0: crawling around. That's yeah, that around. <laughs> And then you
1: can trade your child for your dog. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, at our office that we built, we have four apartments here. And then we have a rooftop garden. Um, it has to be organic, oh. but employees, First of all, an employees can adopt a plot, and if an employee is not interested, then we open it up to our um, the tenants that are living in the building.
0: Um, I love that. That is that's awesome. So that employee lodging unit is that mainly for the part time seasonal employees, or is it for full time uh, employees too? uh,
1: We, for instance, we brought uh, an employee over from Spain. And we turned, my husband and I owned a small nightly rental that we did well with. And we turned it into a long-term rental. So now he lives there. Oh. Um, and then That's I've very got- affordable. Very affordable. <laughs> it's extremely affordable. I don't think it pays the property <laughs> Um And then, uh, yeah, so we've got, they're all long-term, but they get a discounted rate. And if I have, and then if I go out to the marketplace- I increase it by ten or twenty percent. Thank um, you.
0: I I had a specific question on on you, Hel- Helena. You mentioned that you try and work around different people's schedules. So you you have compressed work week and some remote options. I, I'm expecting that your HR department or your or some folks really got together and especially during COVID. COVID taught us how to do a lot of things, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, to figure out which jobs could do which kinds of things, um, and which were more are more uh, flexible in different things. Tell me a little bit more about that process, Helena. Yeah,
2: so you know, obviously we have a lot of positions that require being here, that would yes. be maintenance, housekeeping. But a lot of the positions that we employ or the departments work administratively. So marketing, HR, my own job in international sales, the, the accounting, uh, the financial team, um, and then you know my job, for instance, I'm I'm very split between administrative tasks and quote unquote being in the field. So again, if I schedule my work week ahead, I can work four days four tens. If I want, I can work one day from home. I can work a Saturday if I need. It's just nice to have flexibility to fit other things in your life too. I mean, we have a very strong work culture of work hard, play harder. And, you know, we're here selling fun. So we might as well be having some fun ourselves. So, you know, if there's a powder day coming down the pike, I'm, I'm working four tens or, you know,
0: I'm, (laughs) making that happen. (laughs) I love that. That's great. And I'm sure, um, and you have quite a few employees. I mean, 85, I think is what you said. So I'm sure everybody has different needs and interests. So that was really interesting about being able to shift if you're not a skier. There's an assumption if you live in Park City, (laughs) that you're probably a skier. However, I'm sure that's not, you know, so they could shift to, what did you say, a gym membership? Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So anything else you would like to share about any existing programs and then anything that's just been recently on your mind or your employees have, have mentioned that you're thinking about trying that, that you think might help recruit specifically family friendly practices, women, um, and so forth.
1: Well, I'm and, and it had nothing to do with this uh, award or this interview, but I've been exploring childcare credits, oh. uh, some some sort of a way to help my staff out. Initially, you know, almost 40 years ago, we we had a little more availability as far as childcare credits went. and. But that, I don't know, somehow maybe we just transitioned to there weren't enough babies, but now we're starting to have babies again and (laughs) um and
2: childcare is really difficult to come by in this
0: community specifically. I know that actually I've talked to lots of folks and it's tricky.
2: And it's a major barrier of entry in the in the professional workplace. And I don't think like I mean, Rhonda started this business and she had both of me and my brother in the office all the time. Like it she was a mother and a businesswoman. And I think that is the driving factor. Is you don't want people to have to choose between those two fulfillments, you know? Right.
1: Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking at that. Some of the other um, things that we do that are new that my staff um, actually proposed, Helena and I were out of town and we came back in, they go, hey, we're going to do this. And it's cultural night. So once a month, oh. um, we've our, we did Italy was the first one because uh, one of the st- uh, staff members had just gotten back from Italy and was comparing notes with another person who went to Italy. And they went, why don't we have Italy? Mm-hmm. Um, and Friday we had Spain um, to celebrate Luke's uh time here from Spain. So, and that's fun. That's something that the staff came up with. We had nothing to do with it, but they look forward to it and it's fun. Um, A bunch of us get together um, during the day and we'll work a split shift and and go off and and ski.
2: Um, And it's, that. I mean, we, when we get into season, it can be a stressful work environment. It's high intensity and you're dealing with a lot of emotions. So these, you know, it it may seem like not a big deal. Oh, they get together and they have a cultural night, but it's like, it really keeps us going and keeps us sane. (laughs) And everybody starts talking about, what are you going to make?
1: What are you going to (laughs) bring? We Um, have brought in... Professionals from the mental health world as well oh, to, to teach our staff how to de-escalate a situation, really help, um, and how to deal with stressful. We just have everybody pile into. We haven't done it since COVID because we can't. Well, and now we can't um, pile in, and then we bring a healthcare professional in to to talk to us about it. And I think just those little things, or sending staff to conferences or to educational um, opportunities. They feel that I'm investing in them and they feel more vested in the company. They really do appreciate it.
0: And I think everybody likes those kinds of things. But we know from the research that that women tend to really appreciate those opportunities even more than men. Some of the research tells us that they get a little more professional development and so forth. So so that's that's something I know that would resonate with a lot of women. Yeah.
1: And I think it's. uh, I think it's well-received. Back to something else that we do. I mean, we host the um, breast cancer oh, retreats um, for imagery Born, And wow. it's just, I don't know. I, I came up with this. I was reading an article about somebody, someone, and I went, you know what? Why don't we host breast cancer survivors? So we partnered with Dr. Saltz in his retreats. And we reach out to our owners and say, would you be, provi- be willing to provide complimentary lodging if we pay for all of the fees? And oh. it's been overwhelmingly successful. Um, on and
2: like the feedback that we get from some of our male homeowners specifically is so surprising and encouraging. And, you know, there's <laughs> hardly anybody on the planet that isn't in some way, shape or form affected by somebody with breast cancer. So
0: but you give them the opportunity to just, I'm, I'm sure many of them donate in, you know, philanthropically in different ways, but this is yet another opportunity for them to just give in a way that's probably pretty easy for them, I yeah. would say.
2: Yeah, you—you Did you, you take- and personal
1: and, you know, oh, and they just, they love it. I mean, and they're all, they stay in high-end properties and they just, it's special to them. We get these lovely notes and anyway, that's, uh. Yeah, um, one thing that we have been doing more of—I mean, we encourage our staff to sit on committees and join nonprofits, etc. But now we're kind of pushing them a little more—a
2: <laughs> little bit more of an active, yeah. Engagement um, engagement. We're very... well, some
0: people need that. Some people need that because they're not used to it, especially younger wow. folks. I would say they're not used to and, and maybe even people right out of college and stuff. You're just not used to having that you know, being in a professional place and be, and doing those kinds of things. are being a woman, it's
2: tough to believe in yourself. You know, it's, we have, we are the number one, you know, imposter syndrome happens in the workplace. (laughs) So to have your superior say, I think you should apply for this committee and you're worthy and give it a try. Yeah, It means a lot. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say that's awesome, and I wanted to tell you that we're releasing really soon, so it'll be out uh, soon. A whole course online. It's an online course through UXU, USU Extension, specifically for women and imposter syndrome. So, and oh, it awesome. has, and it has a little fee to for them to take it because we have some. We just have to cover costs on, on our thing, but that, I mean, it's like 20, 25 bucks for a four-hour course. So, so there you go. That, that's great. something you can he offer. He ah, was posted. Good. we yeah, was spreading that like wildfire. Good. Oh, great. Good. Oh, that's great. Uh, Ronte, you were, you were going no, to- No, I was just going to say, say
1: one of the, um we have a lot of Latinx that work for us and I don't, think that they feel as involved in the community as they'd like to be. I think that if you if you don't come from privilege, then maybe you're not allowed to do this. So we have encouraged, and one of our employees who is awesome, we, we're very passionate about our sustainability, about our recycling efforts, et cetera. So she is now sitting on the advisory committee for Recycle Utah. And I just feel like if they can hear what the challenges are that the housekeeping department and the maintenance department go through and with a language barrier that maybe Recycle Utah can come up with some ways to embrace and maybe our employee can see some ways that we can maybe break the barriers of recycling as well.
0: I love that example because not only can she impact by by using mm -hmm. her experience, but then can be impacted by the conversations and then bring them back to the company. I love that. So I want to shift to my final question, and, and that is what final advice would you give to other business owners or business organizations based on your experience with the offerings that you provide? Which I would say nearly all of them are for men and women but typically women are the ones attracted to many of these things so what advice
1: i would say listen to your staff i mean and you have to take it all with a grain of salt and they have to be respectful maybe sometimes have an appointment i have an open door policy but if i start getting bombarded then i'll say okay Um, listening to my staff and and putting yourself in their shoes. Like I said, the benefits that I offer are all the things that I wanted. And we in the past have gone out and actually done a survey. We haven't done it for several years, but we did a survey and say, what benefit do you need that we don't offer? And if it's viable, then we can consider it and be respectful. I mean, our our staff are human beings. Um, I just, I, I don't, there are, I, I don't know. I don't want to say they're a perishable. <laughs> because you, I mean, I, I, I would just say, um, embrace your staff and, and be transparent. And if somebody has to ask you if it's right, you know, it's wrong. Um, yeah. and live your ethos that
0: way. No, I get what you were saying about the perishable. I mean, the talent shortage is real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you, you need to, not only hire but retain and really want people to enjoy their time. It's a big part of their life. So I mean the 40 hours a week or more, you know, it that's a huge chunk of life.
2: Yeah.
0: Um Hel- Helena. Yeah. And I it's, you know, sometimes it's
2: hard to kind of look at the tangible value of some of these initiatives. But at the end of the day, you know, it's what I see at Park City Lodging and we, within our own workforce is the engagement that is retained through these added benefits. And the being able to offer a feeling of community is absolutely invaluable because when an employee cares about the company beyond their own job, when the employee acts like they own the company and they have that invested care, the guest feels that, the client feels that, the homeowner feels that. And again, you you can't necessarily put a value on that outside of saying, this is how I run my company. And this is what's contributed to the success of Park City Lodging for the past nearly 40 years and hopefully for the next 40 years.
1: Yeah, I don't think you'll ever find a vendor or an owner or anybody who says they've had to fight me for money. I, I, oh. I pay my bills. If I, <laughs> I owe love it, it, if we're wrong, we admit it
2: you know, and that's, again, it's about being in a a supported workspace. I, as an employee, I can admit if I've made a mistake because I know I'm supported and that being in your failures, yes. And like there is us as a society and as a gender and as a community, we need to be able to admit our failures in a safe space so we can learn from them and move on from them and grow from them. And that's been a rarity in my professional career before joining. I love it.
0: I love it. Thanks to our guests, Rhonda and Helena from Park City Lodging. And thank you as listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And a special thanks to Denise Kolf, our producer. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. And visit inutah.org to learn more about other companies that champion women, and also to learn more about the Inspire Utah campaign. Thank you so much.